Hey, welcome everybody. It's the Jeff Reinbold Show. After a couple weeks break, obviously with everything that went on in Buffalo, we felt it was better to not have a podcast, but uh, now we're into the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Did someone say playoffs, Jeff? Did somebody <laughs> say playoffs? We are in the playoffs, man. We are in the second season. We are in the business end of the season. There's a lot of ways you can say it, but that one thing is for sure. We are in single elimination football. It is win, you get to play another week, lose, you are going home and watching on the couch the next week. So this is when it really, really cranks up and you know, this new format and all of the things that have transpired with coin tosses and neutral site games and all of that stuff, uh, it, all of that kind of takes a backseat in my mind to the matchups that, you know, we're looking at this weekend. And uh, Michael, you are going to help me break it all down as always. Uh, it's always great to have you on the show. Um, how are things over on Gridiron? Good, sir. Just, just, just ramping up for the for the off season now. Super Bowl magazine comes out. I think the week after the championship game, so I'll definitely keep you up to that there. And uh, yeah, very, very busy. All good. Good crack. Multiple podcasts. You're more than welcome to come on one at any time, Jeff. Uh, you, you were saying there about the slate of games. I actually counted this week that we only have thirteen games left this season, um, which is scary, isn't it? Like that's like. In a given weekend, we've what, what, like 16 games when there's no bye weeks? I mean, this is scary biscuits. 13 games. And frankly, once you get past this weekend, you've got, what, six? Um, six? I'll, I'll, I'll not say great games. I'm, I'm going to explain my choice for that reasoning in a second. But um, you've, got, you've got six games this weekend. And once you get out of this weekend, you know, take away the Super Bowl and you've got barely any left. It's... It's it's coming to an end. And we're, like, we're recording this on a Thursday... Uh, evening time around six o'clock seven o'clock and it's like you're sort of thinking to yourself wow we're 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 really getting to the end uh we're a month out from the super bowl today and it's uh emotional scary one shall say i i i bet you can't wait to get home to the shores of, of hawaii jeff but you, you seem to be having a great time over in the uk you seem to be loving yeah, it you know i love it coming over here and especially when you come at this time of year because the games are so big and there's so much interest in the sport and you know, the, our viewership continues to grow. The game is growing in our, you know, in the UK and uh, had an opportunity to go up to uh, Nottingham the other day and work with the BAFA women's team. Phoebe invited me to come on up and, and spend a day with their team. They were having a camp getting ready because they're going back into international competition this summer. And it was really amazing to watch those women work and, and uh, compete in, you know, full tackle football. I mean, and it was, there are some really, really good athletes. I can understand why uh, they were second in the worlds last year. And I think they've got an idea that, that, uh, you know, they're, they can compete with anybody. You look at the game against the Americans, the championship game against the Americans are 14, 14 at halftime. And, you know, I think that they, their lack of depth kind of got them in the second half, but I was really impressed with the talent level of the girls. I was impressed with the coaching uh, on the staffs. And uh, obviously that all bodes well for the future because it was not only the returning team, it was a lot of young ladies out there that were with the team for the first time. So there's a number of good young players coming up through the ranks. And I hope to be able to do the same thing with the men's team here before we 
you know, pack it all up and, and head for Phoenix. Hey, let's look back, Mike. I, I, there's a couple of things that came out of last weekend that I, you know, we, I think we need to address. Shoot, shoot. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously DeMar Hamlin thing was incredible. I, I really want to go on record as publicly saying I thought the piece that Emmanuel Sanders narrated about his relationship with DeMar and, um, and about DeMar himself, I thought it was extremely well done. I thought the whole NFL community rallied around that young man, and it was really good to see the what is good about the game and what is good about the players in the NFL community. That's every fan. That's everybody. Um, and then that game to start off with a with a you know ninety four yard kickoff return, and then to have a second one, you know, in the game. Do you realize that there have been almost sixteen thousand NFL games played? in the history of the league, 16,000. There have only been, that was the 11th time in 16,000 games that there have ever been two kickoff returns by the same guy for touchdown in a game. That is a phenomenal number. And, you know, it just goes to show you what, um, you know, what emotion, because I, you know, you look at that first one and he bounces outside, you know, that was a couple of mistakes on a part of the Patriots. And, you know, again, Neheim Hines ran 4.38 at the combine. He was the fastest running back at the combine, his combine year. So he's he's a guy that has returned two punts for a touchdown in, a, in an NFL game, but never two kickoffs for return. So I got the first one. The first one you could understand, all the emotion, one mistake, and he's out the gate. But the second one, when they get they go behind and he they need an answer, and there's a Patriot guy right in the hole and hits him and he bounces off of him and goes. And when that happened, I said, there's no way they're losing this football game. And I have it under good advice that we just might see DeMar Hamlin at the Patriot. I mean, excuse me, at the Bills game this weekend. He's been released from hospital. He's home recuperating. He's not in the hospital in Buffalo now. And I talked to somebody in in Buffalo that told me last night, don't be surprised if he doesn't make an appearance. Then if he walks out of that tunnel, I'm telling you, it's not, I don't care who they're playing, they ain't gonna beat him. That's the thing, I think I seen, was it Peter Schrager or, or somebody else said this as well, like imagine he comes out of that tunnel before that Dolphins game and just just the emotion, I mean, I, I'm sitting, thousands of miles away and I was watching the coverage on Sky last week and I guess my question for you like a lot of fans here would, would have was what what was the emotion like in the studio because I think the thing that's worked very well this year is, is the relationship that you Jason and Phoebe have together with Neil and you can sense that in the studio what, what was that emotion like because for me the second that play happened you're talking about the second time the second that first play happened I thought this game now the bills put the house on the or the, the remortgage the house on Buffalo if you have to like I, I just couldn't see a situation where the bills were losing that game obviously with Demar but it just shows you what was it what was it the first time in three years and three months divine intervention um, and I think it's something that we all needed after what frankly was a very very difficult week I I know I know you found it like I think we all found it difficult after what happened especially that Monday night was just it was just awful but. Um, what, what was the emotion like whenever that play happened? Because it was you know, nuts. There was a, you know, the, the producer did a great job of capturing 
Jason and Phoebe on the couch when that ball hit. And Phoebe's in the middle of a bag of crisps. <laughs> she's got, she's screaming and yelling and trying to pull her hand out and get, get one more bite, of, <laughs> one more bite of potato chips. And Jason just got up and I mean he walked right out of the screen. He was so excited. It, it was it was amazing. You know, it's funny. I, I thought about um, the Minnesota miracle. The same thing happened. Scott Hansen was over and he was doing the show with us that night and. Uh, the Minnesota miracle happened and they panned into the studio and we were all high-fiving each other. Just amazing. Scott Hansen was out of his mind with emotion. And, you know, it's bottom line is we're, when we're sitting on those, on those seats and we're sitting in the couches and, you know, we're fans like everybody else. And, you know, when you see those kinds of plays and that kind of emotion, and that's what I think the playoffs, is loaded with you know um i did I, I went to youtube today and there's a there's a thing the 100 best nfl plays in the playoffs and man when you watch that you realize how many incredibly big plays have been made in playoff football where you know we we, we used to describe it to the players like this those critical moments where man measures man because these are plays that are iconic that Neil Neil has a great way of saying it. He says the, this this can get you dipped in bronze, right? And that's that's really really true. So uh, I think we're going to see some of those things this weekend. I think we're going to see some incredible finishes this weekend. I think it's going to be great football. Make sure you get it here on Sky and and uh, you know again check out the folks at Gridiron all through the week because they do a great job. Michael does a great job with, along with those guys, Ollie and everybody at the at Gridiron putting out content that you're going to enjoy through the week. So let's get in with the games, Mike. We got Saturday, and, and it starts out with a guy who wasn't <laughs> right back playing against a guy who almost never got, almost never got a, a, you know, a, a call. So you got Geno Smith going up against Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. And, you know, we talk all the time about how important – high-level quarterback play is and all of that stuff. And Brock Purdy has played extremely well over the last five weeks. Geno has put together a comeback season uh, that should win him NFL Comeback Player of the Year. But these two teams, I think, are really, they're built around defense and running the football. I have to be Buzz Killington here now. I, I know you're in the situation where you're, all, you're on TV this weekend and we're all very excited for every game. I, I look at this stretch of games and genuinely outside of the Jaguars Chargers game and I, I you don't have to reply to this you, you can smile you can grimace you can do whatever you want I just I just don't see how the Seahawks are winning this game I don't see how the Seahawks are going to Santa Clara and putting up anywhere between 30 to 35 points the connection that Brock Purdy has with George Kittle never mind the fact that you've got Christian McCaffrey Brandon Ayuk Bosa on the defense it's just it's too much it's not happening. And I look at the Detroit Lions offense and I think, wow, that would be a great game. Imagine it, imagine it was Detroit this week instead. That would have been an awesome game. Would that being you, said, you know, Seattle hey, deserved to be there. Hey, Buzz Killington. You, that, that is Buzz Killington. That's, that is a straight Buzz Killington job. Let's, let's say this. The Seahawks are there because they deserve to be there, right? You got to play all 17 games. You got to win enough in your 17 games. The Seahawks play in a very 
tough division, right? And you look at what they did in the Rams game, where the Rams came, and I was impressed with the, what the Rams did. They came and challenged them physically. I mean, they challenged them physically. And Seattle, with all their young players, didn't back down an inch. Geno didn't back down an inch. They're playing with house money, Mike. They know nobody gives them a chance. Nobody gives them a chance. Let me say this, and it's not a cliche. It's, it, they say it because it's true. To beat another professional football team three times in the same season is very difficult to do. I don't care who that team is you're playing. And the Seahawks have done enough, and Walker's good enough at tailback, and Geno's made enough throws, and Lockett's made enough catches, and Metcalf's a good enough player that if they play well, and San Francisco thinks they're just going to throw their helmets out there and Seattle's going to run away from them, they're going to get they're going to get surprised. So I think I agree with you. I think the 49ers are going to win this football game, but I think it's going to be a better football game than people think. I think the 49ers are the best team in the tournament. I'm going to say that right Ooh. now. Oh. I really I've... believe that I really believe they're the best. Team. I there's nobody else. And you can take Kansas City, you can take Buffalo, you can take Cincinnati, any of the quote favorites right there's none of those teams that can come and say they have arguably the best tight end in the game arguably and I, and you're going to have a hard time losing this argument if you if you're the 49ers the best left tackle in the game the best fullback in the game one of the best wide receivers in the game one of the best tailbacks in the game one of uh, maybe the best pass rusher in the game one of the best linebackers in the game this is a team that is absolutely loaded the question is can a guy who 32 teams passed on right because his own team passed on him six times right is he going to be able in these kind of moments be good enough and make enough plays to win the Super Bowl? That's the question. But in this game, I'm taking the 49ers over the Hawks. I love it. I, I love what you're saying there. I think the whole Purdy mania has just been something that I don't think any, like, well, nobody's seen it coming. But the fact that obviously Lance goes down, Jimmy G comes in, Jimmy G goes down, and you're like, ah, oh, Brock Purdy, they're finished. And they're sitting 13 and 4, Jeff. Like I, I remember weeks ago we were we were talking about it was that big Thursday night game and we were saying like will the Niners be able to go to Seattle go Brock Purdy and win they staunched them it wasn't even a contest the thing for me with the Seahawks is it's been weird since Munich there was a lot of expectation on them when they got to Germany thinking Gino's going to take the next step here Kenneth Walker is going to take the next step on his offense and it just hasn't happened so I I, I know they found themselves in the last few weeks. They obviously get what they've had to do last week against the Rams um, and, and get over the line. And, and frankly, you know, look, they deserve to be there because of their... But for me, they are fortunate to be there because of the circumstances last week and what happened. But they still, they're, they're in the dance and that's all that matters. But I I don't want to be the one to say I I think this will be over at the half. I, I think it'll be like a 34-10 victory for the Niners. And yeah, I think like for me, I think we deserve... After the season of uncertainty that we've had in the NFC, I think we we, we definitely deserve a Niners Eagles NFC Championship game at the very very. I whoa, really whoa, whoa, believe whoa. that. Whoa, whoa, I really don't believe put that. The, don't don't put don't put the horse before, horse before the cart. Let's go. Let's get 
through the rest of these games. Broncos found putting the horse so in the cart. We both we both believe that it's going to be the 49ers over the Seahawks. Now, the next one is one of the harder ones for me to evaluate is Chargers against the Jags, right? The Jags have played extremely well, won five straight down the down the, to finish it. They found ways to win games, right? They haven't been, you know, lights out on offense. They Their defense has made plays for them against Dallas. They made plays again last week. Uh, to get them into the in, to get them into the playoffs against Tennessee, their special teams were outstanding. Nobody, and again, this is because nobody knows football. I, I just it pisses me <laughs> off, frankly, when I when I listen to an analyst talk and you know they won the game on defense. They didn't win the game on defense. They made enough plays on defense. They won the game in through complementary football. Right, the offense. The one thing you could say about the offense was. They didn't run the ball. Etienne averaged less than two yards of carry. They didn't throw the ball particularly well. The quarterback missed a wide open guy in the end zone, right? But they only turned it over one time. And that was the reason that they won the football game from an offensive standpoint, right? Then you go to the special teams. This is something that God, I, I, it frustrates me sometimes, even at Sky, when you don't have enough time to explain the game to the fan. The Jaguars had 222 yards of total offense, 222, right? Now, over 400 is considered a good game, right? You usually got to get 300 to win, but they were able to win with 222 yards of offense because the special teams and the defense had return yardage of over 258 yards, right? So you combine what they did offensively with the field position they gained by their special teams and their defense, there's your 458 yards or all 480 yards of total offense. And that's how you win the football game, right? That's football right now. 95% of the analysts that that are out there talking about football, they, they don't even get that, right? Consider this, Michael, they punted the ball four times in the game, right? Their punter averaged 51 yards per punt. And four of his four punts were downed inside the 20-yard line. So the Titan offense never got a short field. They had eight possessions in the game, the Titans did. Half of them came after Jaguar punts that put them over 80 yards away from the end zone, right? Now, you look at the Titans – and who they're so dependent on the king, right? He still had 158 yards from 150 some yards from scrimmage, right? But because they were playing on a long field the whole day, he didn't. They didn't give up any chunk plays, and it's too hard to just go down the field and, as Hank Stram used to say, matriculate the ball down the field, right? So that's the reason the Jaguars won the football game, right? Now, their defense contributed. Certainly they did. You know, Jenkins knocks the ball out. They, you know, Josh Allen picks it up and goes in and scores. They pick a ball off, and it's they run it back 29 yards to the 30-yard line, and the Jaguars go out there with a 30-yard field. So what do they do? Kick a field goal, right? Then the same thing happens. They return a kickoff across center field, and the offense goes out there, and all they got to do is get two first downs, and they're in scoring zone. That's how you win in the playoffs. So I commend Doug Peterson and his football team. 
I just don't know if that's sustainable, you know, every week. If it is, you're going to, you're going to win an awful, that's, how, that's the Patriots methodology, right? But you're playing against a different animal when you go against, against the Chargers. I think there's, there's, there's two elements for me. And I think you've, you've answered most of the Jaguars thing and you've took away a lot of my arguments, to, to be fair to you. I was surprised at the Titans' performance last week uh, in, in the sense of I really thought towards the end of the game, obviously when you got Josh Dobbs there, you're going to struggle instead of having a Ryan Tannehill there. Or a, a Malik Willis that's in the league two or three years, could he have won that game for the Titans last week? I think that's a different argument. You look at the final play of the game, Jeff, Josh Dobbs, I think it was 4th and 16th, and there's two boys or two two lads the very way on down the field open now look these are all hypotheticals he should have got the ball down the field he didn't the titans deserved to lose the game and fair play look a, a good team the sign of a good team is a team that grinds out results i've always said that that's the same in any sport the jaguars have come leaps and bounds when as you've said but with, with travis Elliott in that run game trevor lawrence has taken steps and steps and steps from last year the main thing he's going to have in this game on saturday and this is by far the best game of the weekend by a country mile mate the best game it's lawrence against herbert it's the future against the future which quarterback would you rather have in your in your franchise and i will be happy with either team that wins this game because the 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 offense that jacksonville have with christian kirk evan ingram among many others is fun to watch on its good days but the chargers man like i am telling you now you said about san francisco if the chargers beat the jaguars on saturday night with justin herbert right and they have a hell of a running back in austin eckler never mind mike williams obviously we don't know what the crack is with mike williams or what's going to happen you still have keenan allen you still have eckler who can do it as well if he needs to catch the ball i think justin herbert's top three top four quarterbacks in the nfl period and i feel if the chargers put a run together they go deep in the playoffs and shoot me down if i'm wrong no i know i think you're right i think there's a number of teams that fit into that category right now herbert you know for a guy who really hasn't done a lot in his three years in the league or two years whatever however long he's been in the league because he hasn't made a Josh Allen jump or a, or a Patrick Mahomes jump or a, you know, Joe Burrow, take my team to the Super Bowl. For him to be, everybody loves him because they love his arm talent. They love his look. They love all the things about him. He's a great kid, all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not denying him that. But before you start mentioning with those guys, he's got he's to show that he can put a football team on his back and carry him like Mahomes has done, like Josh Allen has done like Joe Burrow has done, this is a great opportunity for him to go on the road with a with a team that's still banged up because even though Rashawn Slater, their left tackle, is playing, practicing, mm. he's apparently not going to play, right? We don't know about Mike Williams' back. That takes away their vertical threat. Why were they playing last week? What the hell were they playing for last week? And Why did Steely have them out? I, I, I tell you what, that's one of those things that Staley's going to have to answer, I'm sure, with, with, yeah. uh, with the ownership. Here's a guy that is like, we talk about guys that go underneath the radar. If you like football, right, and you want to watch a guy who's really helped his football team and ain't 15 people that aren't football coaches that, other than his family maybe, 
that recognize the contribution that the kid has made. Braden Fahoku has come off the practice roster and taken over the defensive tackle starting spot and has solidified their inside run defense, right? Now, he's not a sexy name. He's not, uh, you know, he's not a big name. He's a, he's a free agent from LSU, but he's the kind of story. He's the kind of guy that can provide something that was missing in the Chargers all, all year long, and he's done it. He's made plays. He's gone in there and been a rock inside, and he's going to need to do that because they can't let Etienne go off, right? They've got to play run defense. they got to get they got to get uh, the Jaguars in bad third down situations so that Bosa and Khalil Mack can hunt off the edge, right? If they're able to do that, win on first down, win early in the downs, and, and control the inside part of the defense, which, again, that's Braden Fahoku's job. If he's able to do that like he's done it the last three or four weeks, I think that they got a chance. Uh, I gave the – when we picked for Sky, I gave the Jaguars the edge simply because they're playing at home. Tell me this. If the Jaguars do win on Saturday night, early Sunday morning our time, is Steely out Monday morning? I, I think he is. I, I, I don't think you can keep – You know, I heard, I heard Stephen A. Smith, you know, again, who's one of those guys that's going to – just make comments just to make comments, I think, sometimes. But he said, period. If they don't win, he's out, period. And I'd agree. That's, that's pretty strong. I, I, You know, again, will there be, will there be some talks? I mean, I, I don't know what his relationship is with Telesco. I don't – see, I, we're not privy to all that stuff. There are some concerns because he has been such a believer in analytics. Like, they go for it on fourth down – ton of times they you know and again to have your best player out there playing in a meaningless game right but he's not the only guy right i'm watching the eagles right and yeah nick nick sirianni's got his his entire run to the super bowl out there playing in a game that's 16 nothing and davis webb could take 200 snaps and he's not going to score 16 <laughs> points right and he's he and you got Wink Martindale on the other side of the field, who love he's never met a plus one blitz. And for the listeners, a plus one blitz is you're bringing more than they can block. So you know somebody's going to be free, right? Now, it puts a lot of pressure on your back end, but you know you're going to get pressure on the quarterback. Well, he does that more than anybody in the National Football League. And Sirianni's got his whole franchise out there in a game that's over in the second half, right? Because he wants him to have success. I'm going to tell you something. If he'd have got hit, and he got hit, right? He got hit. If he'd that game was hurt, in Sky, wasn't it? Yeah. If he'd have got hurt, I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't imagine Howie Rossman. That's not going nuts because they can't win the, as good as their defense is, right? As many weapons as they've got with Sanders and A.J. Brown and yada, 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 yada right? It's going to be a hard road. I won't say they can't win, but it's going to be a hard road to win a Super Bowl. When when that when Jalen Hurts means that, that much to your offense. For the Eagle fans, you got him. You got him rested. You got a week to rest him. All right, let's go on now. Sun, Sunday, as you said, uh, every every team's zero and zero, Jeff. That, that that's the thing. I I will very quickly add. 
For me, Herbert's a small window until you have to pay him. I think Steely's out if they lose. I think Steely's out if you don't get to the championship game, personally. We've got like 15 minutes, so do you want to run through too quickly? I don't see the Bills losing to the Dolphins, Jeff. Convince me otherwise. Come on. Well, two is out, right? Your best running back breaks his hand or breaks his thumb, you know, and is going to have thumb surgery. Now, they're saying you try and cast him and play. I don't know how he's going to do that. There's the bill. This is this is a Bills game to win. This one is maybe the most lopsided of the whole tournament, right? But obviously, I, everybody tune in and watch you in six, at six o'clock on Sunday. Oh no, yeah, but they should tune in. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, as you say. It's gonna be great crack. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch it. You know, I mean, same thing. If you're if you're Mike McDaniel, you're preaching to your guys this week. Hey, listen, let's just go up there and have fun. Let's just go up there and play. Let's just go see what we can do, right? All the pressure's on the Bills. There's no pressure on the Dolphins. Nobody's giving the Dolphins a chance, right? Not a chance. Not a chance. And so when you don't have a chance, you got a chance because you just go play, right? So now let's go to what I think is going to be the best game of the weekend. Giants-Vikings. Potentially the best game of the weekend. Yep. Why, 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 in, why in your mind do you think that's the best game of the weekend? Because for me, I just can't see. I mean, I, I, I can see a situation where the Giants get points in the board, but I do not see if Kirk Cousins performs and Dalvin Cook performs. I just don't see how the Giants put up any more than 21 points. But I, I, I already can imagine your logic here. Go for it. All right. Here's, here's the reason why I think it's going to be a great game. The matchup of the two teams is so enticing to me, right? Kirk Cousins is a guy that, in my opinion, is one of the most courageous, tough quarterbacks in the National Football League. He will stand in there and take one right in the teeth to throw the football. All right? Well, we just described Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, as a guy that loves to bring plus one pressures, right? So it's going to be feast or famine. We're going to see some huge plays. You know, you may see, you know, you, you may see Jefferson have 150 yards in receiving yards. And you may see him have 80 and Kirk Cousins get sacked six times. I mean, that's the kind of game this could turn into. The other thing, on you look at the other side of the ball, the Vikings defense hemorrhages yards and points hemorrhages yards and points look at the Colts game for an example yeah you got you got a healthy Saquon Barkley right you got Daniel Dimes coming off of you know he's got to be playing with the most confidence he's played with in his entire career yes they're going on the road yes it's a hard place to play but you're going against a defense that has struggled all year long right and I have faith in Thomas McGahee and the special teams unit in New York that they'll come up with a play or two. I think it's going to come down to this. Can Saquon make a huge impact in the game, right? Can they get the ball and keep the ball away from Minnesota, right? Turn it over a couple times on defense. And can the special teams create some sort of edge for them? The last time these two two teams played, it took a 61-yard field goal with almost no time left on the clock. For the, for the Vikings to win. So I think it's going to be a great football game. I agree with you completely. I just... 
the Giants got what 24 points the last time. Saquon, Saquon got nearly 100 yards and average six yards per carry. If they can, can keep that consistently in this game, they've definitely got a chance. Daniel Jones, while people don't want to admit it, is playing for his position in New York. He is. He's had a great season, but he'll get an average. He, he he will be signed on or he'll, he'll be playing football next year. Like he'll be a QB1 in New York next year. But he technically still is playing for that. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how Slayton plays as the wide receiver for New York. I think you're talking about hemorrhaging points. This this is the Vikings team that gave up, what, 30-odd points to the Colts, for God's sake. So the Giants have every right to feel like they have they, they, that they have a shot. It's been a long time. They're, they're going to go in and, and, and they're going to enjoy it. And, and the very, very best luck to them. More power to them. The Vikings, like the Bills have it all to lose. Kirk Cousins has got it all to lose. Like This is what, a 13-4 and four football team, Jeff? Yeah. Am I right in saying? NFC North champions, albeit in a weird year in that division, but my God, they have everything to lose. The pressure is on them. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see, who, to see who comes out on top. Now, I will say this. Can you stay in the studio for the late game and just sit there and like, kneel and like, everybody else can go home. Just, just sit there because something tells me <laughs> I might I, I might go to bed on Sunday night. This like if if Lamar Jackson is not playing for the Ravens on Sunday, and it just, like at the time of recording, it does not seem like he's going to be playing. They haven't got a chance. I, I, I don't I, I don't see how he can play. Right, first he, thing he, he, he may not play again, Jeff. Well, he's going to play again. He may not play again in Baltimore, but yeah, he, he, he's he his injury, which is a sprained or strained PCL. Posterior cruciate ligament is what PCL stands for. In your knee, which is like this, it's the those ligaments are the ones that keep your knee from going back and forth when you stick your foot in the ground, right? Stability of the knee is at stake. Well, that's a painful injury, number one, and it's slow to heal, number two. And it's so important for an athlete who is a change of direction athlete like Mar- Lamar is to be able to do that without pain. Now, he's barely practiced. And we're three days away from the game. So I don't see how. Now, obviously, they can medicate him and do all that. But I don't see how that they will put him on the field unless they absolutely know. And I heard Harbaugh say this. He's going to have to be in a situation where the doctors believe he can't do himself further harm by playing. Right? He's not going to be healthy. They're admitting that. He's not going to be 100%. Right? So this is going to be a tough one for the Ravens. Now, can the Ravens beat them? Yeah, they can beat them. You know, but they're going to have to play out of their skin on defense. They're going to have to get a few breaks. Joe's going to have to throw them the ball a couple times. But do you think that's going to happen? I don't see Absolutely that. not. <laughs> All right, so, we're, so now, again, we, we feel the same way about the Bills. Uh, I think we're a little split on the on the. Giants and the Vikings. And, Let's run through it though. So I, 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 yeah. So we we both got the Niners. I think the Chargers are going to beat the Jaguars, and I've got the Bills, the Vikings, and the Bengals. And, I, and for me, I, I love the 49ers. I'm going to give the Jags the nod because it's in their stadium. That's a hard place to play. That stadium will be electric. Uh, obviously, the Bills are are way better than a beat up Dolphin team. Uh, the Vikings. I just, I'm not sold on them yet. I think it's going to be a great football game. I'm rooting for the Giants, so I'm going to take the Giants. And again, Cincinnati should should prevail in the late game against Baltimore. 
right? Who's now, in- let's go to the because it's super wild card weekend. So we get a <laughs> bonus day. We get Monday and we get some a great matchup on Monday Night Football. Marquee matchup, right? And these are two, you know what? Fifth and sixth seeds, or five, I don't know what they are, but they're in the middle. They're not, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> we're not talking. We're not talking about elite elite records here. We're talking about two teams that have really disappointed their fan bases at times this year. Big time. Right, right now, if you're the Cowboys, you know Neil pulled this stat out the other day, and he is the master of stats. And and like, I sometimes I just sit on the couch and I go, man, that is a good one. Dak Prescott is tied for the most interceptions in the in the league right now. And he's, Davis played, Mills? he's played five less games than, <laughs> than any other quarterback. So That's a disgrace. If you do it by interceptions per game, he's leading the league in interceptions. And here's a guy that, you know, we have had the discussion about, is he an elite quarterback? I love the, I love the guy. I've known him since he was a high school kid in Louisiana, right? But – I'm just going to tell you, if he starts throwing the ball to the other team, the Bucs are going to win this thing. I, I, I truly believe that. As long as you got TB12, you got a chance. And they've protected him better than they had earlier in the year. The offensive line starting to come around. His, his weapons outside are starting to deliver for him. Um, this is going to be a really, really interesting game. Now, here's, here's a tip. Here's a tip. Got a tip for you. Tip of the week? No, this is like better than that. Right? The Cowboys are going to wear navy blue. When's the last time you ever saw the Cowboys win a playoff game wearing their blue uniform? 95? 96? I don't know. I mean, I can't think back. I thought you had like this big stat I was going to say. I don't got a stat, but I know this. They hate, first of all, they hate wearing anything but cowboy white. That's their signature look, right? Well, so what do the Bucks choose to do? They said, no, we'll wear our whites. You got to wear your blues, right? So that's a little psychological warfare just to get started. Now, Jerry has said that, and, and I'm going to go back to you because you're the guy, like you're the Stephen A. Smith of this show, right? You telling me the, the Staley doesn't win, he's fired, right? Absolutely. Let me, let me let me ask you this then, right? Yes. You're Jerry, you're Jerry Jones. <laughs> Are you firing Mike McCarthy after the game if he doesn't win this football game? Do you know I I really thought you were going to ask me about the Bucks instead, and I was going to say yes, uh, genuinely because I think that's the situation that. There, there's a revamp coming there. I think it's a very interesting question. Your boy has got the Cowboys winning this game on Monday night. I, I, I think Dak Prescott's going to go into Tampa Bay and beat Tom Brady. This is a Bucks team that struggled. In the, I, I mean, when we say struggled, we watched that Panthers game. And frankly, it was a disgrace. Do you remember the hype? Was it in week one or whatever, whenever the Cowboys played the Bucks Sunday Night Football? All this hype. And the game was awful. Dak gets injured, and it just—it wasn't a good game. Something tells me the Cowboys are going to turn it on in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. I mean, if it's for one or two weeks or whatever, but I think they're going to give you your, your usual one. They're going to go into Tampa Bay. They're going to shut down Brady. They're going to end, frankly, Brady's career in Tampa Bay, and he's going to go to Miami by the signs of it because of numerous different situ- situations. Um, I don't believe a word of Jerry Jones where he's talking about McCarthy 
it's it's not a conversation. He's saying he, he he reckons it's fine. I I think McCarthy will be fired if he doesn't make the NFC Championship game because Jerry Jones is just he's waiting for another ring, isn't he? It's not going to happen with McCarthy. I think I think the run game gets it done on Monday night, and I I'm really really excited for it. Are, are you in the studio on Monday night? Please please say yes, Jeff. Yes, we are in the studio Monday night for a bonus night. I think Thank God. Gonna be, I think it's going to be a better game than, than you think it is. I, re, I really, really do. I think Todd Bowles' defense is starting to play a little bit. Um, I, You know, the Cowboys are a talented football team, right? And But, Michael, we've been down this road before with the Cowboys, right? I mean, you remember now when it's been 94 or 95 since they won a Super Bowl, right? And they've had some great players and some great yeah. coaches and – come through that joint and they ne- they ha- just have never been able to to put it all together they've let you know I, I, as a matter of fact if i was a betting man i would never bet them never bet them because they're just too up and down they're too inconsistent right and so um could they win the football game they should win the football game they're a better football team top to bottom if you look at the rosters right? yeah just a examine the rosters but that doesn't win all the time and they're on the road right um now i don't know if, i don't know if tampa bay's fans are the kind of fans like it's not like going to kansas city or buffalo or seattle or you know where it's just crazy inside the stadium but this is an organization with pride this is a this is a team that was you know has been to the super bowl recently and knows what it takes to win there's a lot of veteran players on that team and so I, I'm going to take the Bucks solely because they're at home. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I'm going to text you on Monday night during that game and be like, remember you said not to bet in the Cowboys and all that. I just see your reaction on TV. Um, here, this, this has been good crack. I mean, I t- tell you what, I, I want you now, just, to, just before you round this up, you're going to be in Belfast in Dublin the week before the Super Bowl, before you head out to Phoenix. Um, who's going to be playing who in, in Phoenix in one month's time? I'm going to say... That it's going to be the Bills against the Cowboys. I'm just going to put the Cowboys out there for the sheer crack. I, I'm telling you, you know what? You, you use that word "crack" all the time. That that Irish term. You know what that is? <laughs> You're smoking crack. If you think that, that, <laughs> you think, you think that twenty-five grand a ticket if that happens. If, if you think those two teams are going to the Super Bowl, you got another thought coming. I cannot see realistically. Anybody come out of the NFC other than San Francisco or Philadelphia, right? Yeah, and, and I think there's there's just Jalen Hurts' health still concerns me because he didn't throw the ball very well the other day. Now he's got a week off. I got all that stuff. Um, then you go to the AFC. Man, I'm gonna tell you something. You look at that AFC. You go down that AFC playoff roster, and you're talking about some of the best quarterback talent in the National Football League. And when you've got great quarterback talent, you got a chance to win games. So I won't even like to me, it should be, it should be Kansas City or it should be Cincinnati. Because Buffalo, you know, unless they can get some of their guys back that are, you know, hurt, um, you know, their defense is too shaky for me. Right. But again, when you got Josh, Josh Allen, we saw it the other day, Josh Allen, the, the ball he threw to Diggs for the touchdown was just an incredible 
throw. Superb. That was there aren't there aren't very many guys in the league that can make that throw. The ball he threw to Smoke Brown when he came out of the pocket, there aren't very many guys that can make that throw. Like there are probably three or four guys that can make that throw. So when you have the ability to make plays like he can make plays and their special teams can perform the way it did, you can beat anybody. But I just don't know. I mean, that was not a very good New England offense, and they actually had a pretty decent day against Buffalo. That's the most intriguing point, and I know we'll probably touch on that next week whenever we're looking at the divisional round. But obviously, I want to wish you the very, very best over this weekend, Jeff. You're working all weekend, working hard. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have any other announcements to make apart from the fact it's one month to Arizona. I'm excited to share a Cervetta or two with you over in Phoenix and um, yeah, watch the space. Maybe we'll do a live show or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, see, well, we'll, I, we'll see what we can I, do. I think we should. And, and uh, for all you Irish fans, we hope to see you in Belfast or Dublin in the next month. And all you NFL fans, watch your, get your game, get your game on uh, Sky Sports NFL. Check out gridiron.com. They do great content leading up through the playoffs all year long. And again, this has been Jeff Reinbold and my man, Michael McQuaid, for the Jeff Reinbold Show. Aloha. See you, see you next week, Jeff. Aloha, aloha.